0: Welcome into Inside the Nest. It's the official podcast of Kennesaw State University Athletics. I'm your host today, Nolan Alexander, and we'll be joined shortly by Brandon Joseph to recap Kennesaw State's bye week and look ahead to the Big South opener against Charleston Southern this Saturday, 1 p.m., Fifth Third Bank Stadium for KSU football. Inside the Nest is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of Kennesaw State Athletics. This is fandom of Fifth Third Better. Visit 5.3.com. For more information, so following the season opener over a shorter, a 35 to three win for Kennesaw State at home, the Owls had some time to go back, look at the film, make corrections and get ready for Charleston Southern. The Buccaneers this Saturday are playing their first game of the season, so it's the first look at Charleston Southern since the end of 2019. On today's podcast, we get it started with Brandon Joseph and Brandon Sutton for Brandon's on the ball. Jordan Griffith gives you the Big South Blitz. Peyton Moore, defensive end, a senior out of Hushton, Georgia, sits down with Brandon Joseph. And we wrap it up with thoughts from the head coach, Brian Bohannon. So let's kick off this Inside the Nest with Brandon's on the ball. It's Brandon Joseph and Brandon Sutton.
1: Inside the nest, a couple of Brandons on the ball: Brandon Joseph and Brandon Sutton. Brandon, a bye week for the Owls. How one? How did you spend your bye week with no Kennesaw State football to keep you occupied on Saturday?
2: Uh, luckily, there are a lot of other uh, pretty good FCS games on. I got to catch some of the uh, other big teams mm-hmm. that were playing. Uh, let's see, we have uh, so North Dakota State got back on track with a big win. Uh, I think they went uh, 25-0 against. Yeah. Uh, Southern, Southern Illinois, I think. Yeah.
1: So somebody.
2: Yeah. And then, uh, it was, uh, JMU had a close one, I think, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. JMU had their scare this week and, you know, it's really interesting in watching some of these games that, you know, you just get the feel and I don't wish for teams to lose, but it's nice to see a JMU, (laughs) a South Dakota State. And all these other schools just have reality checks. Oh, yeah. And just come back down to earth because I'm, we, we get to see firsthand the, the talent level from a Kennesaw State to those teams aren't that different. And I would take Kennesaw State playing those guys home, away, neutral field any day of the week. And so it's nice to see some of the mythical teams that you hear about and you see people talking about that they're untouchable. Have a nice little reality check
2: occasionally. Yeah, just like, and, and it also, it also really helps showing just like what the, all the time off is done. It's, it's helped lower that, like what everybody's think the gap between these teams, it, it's shrunk it even that much more. So it's, it's like come this season is going to be that much more impactful because it's everybody basically starting from scratch and yeah. then going into the fall, you're doing it all over again. So it's really going to be, it's really going to be interesting to see how things play out going here forward.
1: Yeah. It's like you hit that reset button and then it's like that quick turnaround too, on top of that. And, It's something that we've seen and we've talked about that you have to keep certain guys fresh because they're going to be playing again in six months. So you don't want to use up all their good snaps for the year in spring if you can avoid it. But there may be a necessity for it.
2: Always, uh, especially going forward with the uh, quick turnaround going into the fall, just how how the teams are just going to keep using their personnel, uh, keep using uh, their ability to use all these players. Especially so with everybody being able to regain their eligibility back in the fall, not losing this one year. And um, so it's, it's really just going to be a, the maintenance plan that the coaches are going to have to keep their players on and then just keep in the back of their mind saying, hey, we got to get through these games, get to the playoffs, and then pause, give them a little bit of rest. Then we got to get right back to it. The
1: thing that also is very intriguing to watch week in week out is Deion Sanders' prime time at Jackson <laughs> State. They're two and zero. They beat Grambling, I think, for the first time in a ridiculously long time. But to have a marquee name like Deion Sanders, and you know what, I say it's all good for the whole FCS because there's a lot more people with their eyes on FCS football just because of Deion Sanders, and in turn, they may get you know, ingrained into it and they may start to find out some of these other teams, but prime time is in the FCS and he's winning ball games.
2: Oh yeah. Dude, Dion, he's really exciting. Like as a coach, like everybody loves him as a player, but just seeing what he's being able to do as a coach, it's really awesome. It's really cool. Just him going to an FCS school. Cause he, he definitely could have been one of those guys just, Oh, I'm gonna take a power five offer and just coach these guys. But no, he, he got decided. Yeah. He decided to go to an FCS school where he, he can take guys from all over and just, show them how, hey, you don't have to be at the number one program in the country to still get a look, to still play really good football. And just seeing what he's done, like, yeah, uh, this weekend they beat Graham, like, I believe it's the first time in nine years, man. Yeah, and just, yeah. like, how how much excitement and how much uh, ability he's bringing in that program and just showing everybody the power of FCS football, especially with this spring season where there's not those big teams playing. So everybody's just looking. It's like, oh, hey, we got this FCS ball on. And, okay, let's see where this is going. See how this can continue to expand.
1: I don't know who we have to talk to, who we have to nudge, but, you know, let's get primetime at Fifth Third Bank. Let's get that JSU Kennesaw (laughs) State game on the
2: schedule. (laughs) I'd love to see that, man.
1: But going into the bye week as a player, what is the bye week like as a player, especially you play one game and we talked about it and Coach Bohannon, he was on with a couple of radio stations in the Atlanta area talking about how there was still a lot to build on (laughs) You foreshadowed it and how Coach Bo is always going to take that that thing that can make the team better and build upon that. So what is a bye week like being a player in this program?
2: Uh, so coming to a bye week, your uh, Monday is like everything's running smoothly. Everything's normal. You're going to watch film. You're going to go out and make corrections. But uh, for us, it, we, we try to, like, come back and hit it just as hard as we would on a regular game week. So you're going to come out your typical tough Tuesday, uh, another f- probably uh, pretty hard practice on Wednesday. Thursday, you're gonna probably uh, probably get a, a rest day off, probably on Thursday, and come back out on Fridays, and then you'll uh, hit it hit it hard one more time, and get a few days off going into the weekend, just to get your mind right and get everything set, because you know next week when you come back on Monday, it's it's game time, ready back, getting ready back to go.
1: And they play Charleston Southern this week. Are you a fan of having the bye week this early in the season, playing one game, getting that bye week, or would you have liked to maybe get a couple more games, especially after you've waited sixty-four weeks to play a game? You get that bye week just after four quarters.
2: Uh, Definitely, like think about it. Think uh, things about a bye week. You just want to, you want it to really be, uh, maybe after your fourth, fifth game. But uh, with the shortened spring season, I know coaches probably like, hey, we got to get these games on the schedule. We'll worry about where the bye week is placed later on. So it's probably most things about getting sca- uh, game scheduled and thing how things are going to lay out. But just having the bye week so early, uh, it it leaves it leaves you less ability for uh, players that may get little nicks and dings later on in the season to get healthy. And it, it it can it can hurt you, but it can also really help you. So you never know because everybody can get hot, get rolling, and just never know how it's going to turn out.
1: And then you go into a game that you have to play Charleston Southern team, a team that coach Autry Denson, a former Notre Dame running back, has really turned a corner seemingly. You have to remember this Charleston Southern team, and it's a name that a lot of football people will know. And Jamie Chatwell, now the head coach at Coastal Carolina, actually was the head coach of this Charleston Southern team. They were co-champions of the Big South, I believe, in 15. He leaves to become the OC at – Charleston at uh, Coastal Carolina with Joe Moglia when Joe Moglia had taken the Coastal Carolina program from FCS to FBS and now is the head coach doing great things with the Chanticleers over there. But this is a program for two years before Autry Denson came in. Kind of lost their way a little bit, a little turmoil within the program off of the field in terms of the university and the football team. But Autry Denson winning their last four games, five out of their last six, going six and six on the year this is a program that Kennesaw state, you know, has that early rivalry against that was, you know, when the big South and Kennesaw state first came together, they were walking into Charleston Southern territory.
2: No. So when we, uh, when we first came into the big South league, uh, us in Charleston, I was always a big rivalry. We, um, we always looked at that game because they were, once we knew like coastal was leaving, they became like the immediate powerhouse of the conference. So we tried to look for, them as like the big the big target. That that that's who we were gunning for. And we we always had a saying, uh Buck sucks <laughs> with the football team. And um just so seeing over our two year our first two years, we we lost them um and uh a, a pretty bre- pretty bad game our first season and in the second season we actually played for a portion of the conference title in 15 at Coastal, I mean at uh Chuck South and uh dropping that game, that 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 could have been like the icing on the cake for that season, us on the second year as a startup, but that that really lit a fire under us, and I I feel like that us dropping that game to them really really started helping us build what's now become known as Kennesaw State football, the e and how we and how we play and how we uh perform as players.
1: Yeah, and that's a thing too. It's like you guys are now in the situation where Coastal Carolina was when you guys first came in in terms of what Kennesaw is now the. Standard bearer of what teams shoot for, teams look for, and if you're Charleston Southern, you're trying to hit that reset button. You're trying to rebuild, and you're basically almost to a certain extent trying to replicate what Kennesaw State was able to do, get good and fast because this is an ever-changing landscape of FCS football.
2: And that's that's definitely what they're doing. With um, they had a great running back, uh, great coaches. They're all they're trying to bring things back together, back to where back to the standard that they originally had. Um, Just they're um, they've won five of the last six, like you said. So they're going to be coming into Kennesaw hot looking for that first win in a couple of seasons, trying to trying to get back to where they're used to being and where they want to be as a program.
1: So take me inside. If you are part of this coaching staff, how are you game planning, especially for a very dynamic quarterback in Jack Chambers, Charleston Southern's quarterback? He is a local product from Parkview High School. He ran an option based offense Parkview, known for being able to run the ball through repetition. That's been their MO for decades almost over there in Lowburn. But now he goes in to a Charleston Southern program that likes to spread it out almost as everybody does now at the college level. But this is a kid that can do it with his legs and likes to be flashy with his arm as well.
2: Definitely. And going into a game like this, uh, especially with a the quarterback, that can move, and move out of the pocket and try to make things happen with his feet. Um, the, the number one thing I believe that uh, I are going to look for this week is pressure pressure on the quarterback if if he can't get out of the pocket can't throw he'll the offense can't do anything so I feel like number one thing the coaches are going to be focusing on right this week is getting uh pressure up front uh steady coverage on the back end and just trying to get guys get guys in the backfield get the quarterback on the ground
1: and it's very interesting too because what Kennesaw State does offensively is they kind of use defense's aggression against them and they want you guys, they want those ends to collapse in and over pursue because they don't just run around you on the outside. So you have to think defensively. They're used to that in practice. They're used to, hey, I can't overcommit. I have to be gap aware. I have to keep the edge and keep containment. So it almost is a mantra that plays into what Kennesaw State practices, at least defensively, against their own offense.
2: Uh, definitely. And the, one one of the major things from uh, one key to that is a lot of, a lot of teams, they can't replicate. The the cut blocks, the scoops, and things that we do from an offensive standpoint, and from our, our uh, for our defensive guys, we're they're actually practicing against it. They're going against live reps, getting cut, getting scooped. So it helps them. They're they're not so they're going against these bigger offensive linemen. They're just trying to pass block and run block, keep them up top heavy. So it helps them out. Then on from that end, and then from an offensive standpoint, just like you said, defenses are that we we try to use their aggression against them. So when we got uh, two two uh, double blood stunts on the end. We know pressure's coming. Well, we're just going to work around it or we're going to work underneath it. We want you to keep bringing us that pressure. We want them to bring whatever they can because we're always game planning and scheme it to where we'll hit it underneath or we'll find a way to get it to the outside and hit it for a big play. Uh,
1: Tell me if you agree or disagree. I think for Kennesaw State, Kyle and Preston up in the middle are going to be huge to get that run game going, especially through the middle between the tackles because we know what Shaq and Isaac can do around the edge. But you have to keep them honest and keep eyeballs looking to that inside.
2: Definitely, and that's they're going to be a huge part of this game going into this week. Um, Getting getting those two backs going early and uh, hurting them, trying to hurt the defense from the inside. That's all it does is just allow us to open up the outside more. They're going to try to bring coverage in, uh, bring more pressure to the inside, try to shut down the dive game. And once once they think they're trying to shut down the dive, they're just opening up the pitch, opening up uh, outside sweeps. And it's just really just going to depend on us being able to get that run game going. And I'm having all the confidence in the world that O-line is going to get it running this week. And, hey, nothing but, nothing but hootie who's coming from the Owls.
1: <laughs> what are some of the things that you're going to watch for in this contest against Charleston Southern? Some of the matchups that you think are going to be on display?
2: Definitely I'm going to be watching the offensive line because that's, that's going to be the biggest part of this game. The offensive, uh, the O-line can get movement there's going to be no question. The ball is going to get the ball is going to get moving between the tackles, and that's going to open up the pass game so much more. And um, just from from the defensive standpoint, um, uh, Charleston Southern's always had pretty good D linemen, so I'm going to definitely be watching the the battle between the uh, outside tackles and those uh, defensive ends this week.
1: Well, we'll get together next week, two Brandons on the ball, and hopefully we're talking about another Owls victory moving on to 2-0 and as they get ready to play Dixie State. But until then, for Brandon Sutton, I'm Brandon Joseph, just two Brandons talking ball inside the nest.
0: To help prevent the spread of COVID-19, remember the three W's. Wear a mask, wash your hands, and watch your distance around others. Wellstar believes when we all work together to do our part, we can keep Georgia safe. For more safety information, visit wellstar.org. Thanks to Brandon Sutton and Brandon Joseph for a little Brandon's on the ball. We transition now to Jordan Griffith with the Big South Blitz on Inside the Nest.
3: What's going on, Owls fans? Jordan Griffith here with another Big South Blitz. It is spring break here in Kennesaw, but the grind does not stop in FCS football full disclosure I think honestly the best policy here there's not a whole lot of big South news in terms of football but there's gonna be some news around the FCS so stay tuned for that just to get the first big South and only big South game almost out of the way again Monmouth Kennesaw State Robert Morris none of these teams played except for Gardner Webb in week one they upset number 24 ranked Elon 42 to 20. And then also playing Presbyterian on March 6th, just last week, they went 31-24. to And guys, I'm telling you, I think it might be time to consider Gardner-Webb an offensive powerhouse. They had up 517 total yards of offense, almost 300 passing yards, and 221 rushing yards. Nari Gather had 151 yards along with a touchdown. He's almost at 300 scrimmage yards on the entire season and just two games and so they advance to 2-0 and technically they are the number one team in the Big South again Monmouth has yet to play Kennesaw State 1-0 and right now Robert Morris 0-1 and then obviously Campbell North Alabama at the bottom but again they are not playing this spring so Gardner-Webb sitting at number one right now and maybe I don't want to call bad competition because they've played a good team Elon Presbyterian now sitting at 2-0 again 500 over 500 yards of offense Time of possession, they didn't even win because they score so quickly. 26 to 33 minutes, Presbyterian takes that advantage, but they do not get the win. And Gardner-Webb takes first place in the Big South for Week 2. So with the Big South being rather inactive on Week 2, let's look around the FCS and, and see some interesting scores. First of all, I want to look at New Mexico State versus Dixie State. After they lose thirty-six to twenty-nine, Dixie State they play Kennesaw State after Charleston Southern next week. So that's a game that you kind of want to keep your eye on. Uh, McNeese State this was a top-ranked team coming into this season. They get walloped versus UIW and then they lose again week two to Southeastern Louisiana, twenty-five to twenty. Hard to believe what's going on at McNeese State. Northern Iowa, you and I, they get another win. They move up in the poll. They beat Illinois State 20-10. to 10. And I think one of the craziest games, if you're looking at the FCS schedule, North Dakota State shuts out Missouri State 25-0. to 0. People were just looking at North Dakota State just last week as maybe they're falling apart. Trey Lance is gone. Maybe that changes the entire dynamic of that football program, but... They slightly move back in the AP poll for the week after. They move back to sixth rather than first. James Madison moves up to number one. But North Dakota State still within striking distance of that number one spot if they continue to play well. But James Madison only escapes Elon by three points. I was just talking about Elon getting beat up by Gardner Webb on offense, and James Madison can only squeak by him with three points to win that ball game. So, very interesting score. Also looking around at some other ones. Chattanooga versus the Citadel. Chattanooga wins in overtime 25 to 24. Alabama State gets the win over Alcorn State because once again Alcorn State has forfeited their season. And then Southern Illinois versus Youngstown State. Southern Illinois is the team that pretty much just walloped once again North Dakota State in week 1 of the spring season. And they win 30-22 to versus Youngstown State. Now, if you are Youngstown State, the Penguins, you've got to be kidding me with their schedule. Starting off, North Dakota State, at the time the number one ranked team in the nation. Then number two, Northern Iowa, one of the top 10 teams in the nation. Then Southern Illinois, who just beat the number one team in the nation. Also now a top ranked team in the AP poll. Unbelievable schedule. Youngstown State has had to endure. And I hate to say it, but it doesn't get any easier. They play South Dakota State next week, then South Dakota, then North Dakota. Then it kind of eases out in the last two, and then Western Illinois and then Missouri State. But boy, they could easily fall to 0 4, 0 5, and still be a very good team. They were a top ranked team. They were, I believe, 24, 25 coming into this season. But This is a tough schedule for Youngstown State. And that is going to be it here on the Big South Blitz. We didn't have much Big South news, ironically enough, but had some FCS scores, some AP poll moving, and there you go. That is the Big South Blitz here. I am Jordan Griffith. Thank you guys so much for listening.
0: We'd like to take this time to thank our proud partner Coca-Cola for being the beverage choice of KSU Athletics events. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Now it's time to get to know senior defensive end Peyton Moore better as he sits down with Brandon Joseph on Inside the Nest.
1: Brandon Joseph joined Inside the Nest with Owls defensive lineman Peyton Moore. And one thing I noticed, Peyton... And you can check this out on the KSU Owls website. Just go to the roster and click on Peyton Moore. They show his progression of team photos throughout his years. And one thing I noticed is the hair just keeps getting longer and longer. Tell me about one growing out the hair. It looks very different from freshman year to the senior <laughs> year photo.
4: Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, when I, when I first got here, I was, I was kind of, a uh, I had like a, I had basically no hair at all and, uh, Come senior year I got it got hair going all the way down to my shoulders. Um so I mean it's 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 uh, I don't know, it's kinda out of control, but we're just gonna keep riding with it.
1: Well the hair was on full display again, shorter. You put on a clinic, I I remember the the game. Barclay Miller, a color analyst during the game always. whether If you were not getting the tackle or the sack, you were involved in a play. Brandon Sutton, who I do a segment with on the podcast, Inside the Nest, talked about it after the game. Kareem Taylor I talked to during the off week, and he made a point to point out your performance. Four tackles in the game, two sacks for a total of 11 yards, loss on those sacks, but you are just feeling this, the game came to you and just talk about that first game of the year, channeling that energy and being able to put it on display.
4: Yeah, it was, um, you know, I mean, it was a long time, uh, 448 days since, uh, since we had played a game. So I know everybody was excited to get out there. And, you know, once, once we got out there and, you know, we started getting back in the groove of things, it just, everything kind of came back to me. Um, Just, just tried to play with a lot of energy um, try to motivate the other guys on the team and, and you know, try and try and be in or, or help on, on every play. Um, and, I mean, you know, it, it ended up working out all right. We Defensively, um, you know, we had a pretty – we ended up playing a pretty good game.
1: Do you know when you're in the midst of it if you're having that good game like you talked about or is it just you're just so much in the moment you'll look at the influence necessarily – the next day or the day after, in film.
4: Um, I mean, I kind of always uh, try to like play with a with a chip on my shoulder, with the mindset that nobody out on the field can block me. Um, so I mean, carrying that into the game, and you did, you know, you did a, a sack on the first drive. You know that that just kind of your confidence starts to rise after that, um, and I mean, you know, it ended up being a being a pretty good day.
1: Yeah, and you guys go into the bye week. What was that like? Do you think it was a benefit having one game in the bye week, or would you have liked to kind of ride that wave a little bit longer?
4: Yeah, per- personally, I would have. I would have obviously liked to like to have had a game last weekend. Um, like I said, after four hundred and forty eight days off, you play a game, and then then you have a bye week. It's kind of like a tease. But um, overall, for our team, I think I think it was at a good time. Um, you know we had we got we got some things to iron out um over over the over the course of last week and this week um so overall team wise i think i think it was a good thing
1: you take a look at what you guys do defensively that defensive room is very talented. Some of the most talented athletes on the team as a whole. And the energy, as you talked about, you guys bring Danny for pale in his first game as defensive coordinator. He's known for his energy. Talk about just how his energy feeds down to the team.
4: Yeah, he he's awesome, man. He's, he's, he's a super energetic coach. He's, he's a fun coach. He's fun to play for, um, and he's aggressive at the same time. So I mean, being a being a defensive player, especially in the front seven, having a defensive coordinator that wants to, you know, put pressure on the quarterback and and get the quarterback off his spot. Um, that's kind of that's like what we live for up front. So uh, first game, I mean, it was awesome, and we hope that we can just continue to build on that.
1: And for you being a defensive lineman, your defensive line coach is Coach Klein, the guy who is the recruiting coordinator who brought you in. Do you feel like there's a little bit of a sense of he knows you so well because he was one of the guys that found you and brought you to this program? Do you feel like when he's coaching you day in, day out, there's a little bit more, you know, known between you two?
4: Yeah, definitely. Uh Coach Klein is he's great, man. Over the over the past four years, uh, mine and his relationship has just gotten better um, every year, and I mean, he's it, super fun to play for, man. Just really, the whole defensive staff as a whole, um, I think they're they're doing a great job, and and it's it's awesome, man
1: you take a look at the rest of that coaching staff. One more question about the coaching staff. You have Nick Snowden, Jake McKenzie and Chandler Burke guys that you were teammates with. And now they're coaches. What's it like having those guys still around and being able to feed off of those guys?
4: Oh, it, it's funny, man. They're, they're all, they were all great players and they're all, they're all turning into great coaches. Um, it, it is a little weird seeing them out there. I Sometimes uh, I'll like whisper in their ear or whatever. And the, uh, just like say, I know you missed this. I know you want to be back out here, and and sometimes they act like they act like they don't miss it. But I know deep down they do. But um, I mean, they're great coaches, man. Great guys, fun to be around, and, and glad they're still around our program on a daily basis.
1: Looking ahead to Charleston Southern. You guys beat them last year, but this is a team that changed a lot under Altry Denson. They won their last four games of the season, but they have a very dynamic quarterback in Jack Chambers. He came from running a run-based option in high school, but now that typical offense that we see now a lot in college, where they like to throw the ball around, the kid can do it all. What are you guys seeing on tape?
4: Yeah, no doubt about it. You just you hit the nail on the head. He's a he's a very athletic player. Um, he's a very good player. Um, mobile loves to Loves to make plays with his feet, and then then make plays with his arm at the same time. So he's one of our main focuses um, going into this week. We got to make him uncomfortable, and and we got to get him off his spot, and uh, hopefully see if he can he can make some mistakes this weekend.
1: And I want to take a just an overview of what you guys as the defense when you guys get to see the offense rolling. You guys are doing your part in getting a team like shorter off the field, and then you see the offense. Putting the ball in the end zone, having those prolonged drives. What is it like on the sidelines there when the offense is milking out a nine minute drive? What are you guys doing for the bulk of that? Are you guys just in positional conversation or are you watching the offense work?
4: Um. So, I mean, right when we, right when the defense comes off the field, we'll, I mean, depending on obviously how the drive goes, we'll go over corrections and whatnot. But if, I mean, if they're milking the clock for nine minutes, probably we're probably watching them for seven of the nine minutes. Um, so, I mean, can never complain about that, man. It's it's fun to see those guys go to work. And especially if we're coming off a long drive, they go out there for nine minutes. That's, that's quite a break for us. Um, so, yeah, it's they're, they're awesome, man. Hopefully we can keep this thing rolling on Saturday.
1: Owls defensive lineman Peyton Moore joins me inside the nest. I want to talk about your high school. You played for one of the most prestigious programs, a program that, I know a lot about, I went to Collins Hill, so I know a lot about okay. Mill Creek's program, Coach Shannon Jarvis. In my years covering high school football, I have a lot of respect for Coach Jarvis. Not much of a fan in high school playing against Mill Creek, but just talk about <laughs> Coach Jarvis and what he has done as at Mill Creek, but as a coach in whole. Because one thing I talk to a lot of players, and Daniel David was one of them also, just talk about the type of man Coach Jarvis is. Yeah,
4: no, no doubt about that. He, I'd be willing to say he's one of the, one of the best men um, I've ever met in my life, and and he's been a huge influence on me. Um, just yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. He's just he's a good person, man. But even before before all the coaching and the football stuff, he he really cares about his players. Um, he, he's got their best interest at heart um, all the time, and and the football stuff is really pretty secondary to him. He wants he wants to see young men flourish. And uh, you know, turn into, turn into good young man. That's that's his primary focus. Which I mean, I, I just I think that's awesome.
1: At what point did you know that in high school that the next level was possible for you in playing collegiate ball? You originally went to Georgia State before joining the Kennesaw State program. So, at what point of your high school career did you know, you know what? I can get a scholarship at the next level to play. Uh,
4: yeah. So the the whole like going to. College camps and the off season and stuff like that. I started to do that um, probably after my sophomore season, and and so going into the junior year, I I, I thought that that it might be a it might be a possibility, and then wrap up the junior year, start start heading into senior year, and that's when the, a lot of the attention started to come. So I would say, I mean, personally, I've always. I felt like I I could play at the next level since I was probably a probably a sophomore, but um, like I didn't like the attention really started to to come in around senior year. So um, yeah, senior year I, I knew that as long as I stay healthy and continue to play hard and take care of business, that everything else would probably work itself out. And, exactly what happened
1: defensive linemen are natively intimidating that's your core to be down in those trenches to be intimidating so what's one non-intimidating thing you can share with the listeners about Peyton Moore
4: non-intimidating um dang I I, I didn't think I was all that intimidating <laughs> I feel like I'm a pretty nice guy ask my teammates man I try to I try to be nice and 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 caught up with the guys on the day-to-day basis try to Talk to some new faces every day, you know. Just, I don't know, just friendly guys. As long as they're not in team, the same uniform as you, right? That's right. That's right.
1: And my final question: I just we talked about you going to Mill Creek. I just want to know: Do you know how many times you beat Collinsville, or the last game that you played against Collinsville? What the final score was?
4: Uh definitely don't remember the final score. Um, I I like to think we when I was there I almost positive we went 4-0 you got, you got the numbers in front
1: of you you did in the last game you beat Collinsville 43 to nothing. so I'm very glad I was not in high school <laughs> when you were playing for Mill Creek it would not have ended That's well funny. so That's Peyton funny, thank you so much for taking the time out to join us best of luck against Charleston Southern and moving forward the rest of the year
4: no doubt man thanks for having me
1: Holy hand-rolled
0: tortillas. Does Chewy's know Tex-Mex or what? We're making our fresh tortillas all day long. Perfect for wrapping up Chewy's famous Chicka Chica Boom Boom enchiladas. Stuffed with house-roasted chicken, smothered in spicy, cheesy Boom Boom sauce. Better have a handshaken, fresh limerita handy. Just saying. So gather up your friends, because you can dine in at Chewy's or get it to go. We even have meal kits available for pickup or delivery at order.chewys.com. Locations in Kennesaw and Perimeter, Find us at Chewies.com. See y'all at Chewy's. Get your favorite KSU apparel, name brand items, gifts, and more at the KSU Bookstore. Whether you're looking for an Adidas jersey, KSU sweatshirt, or a new hat, they've got you covered. Shop their in-stadium store on game days. Visit them in the Student Center or shop online today. Visit the KSU Bookstore online at ksustore.kinesaw.edu. We wrap up this episode of Inside the Nest straight from the head coach himself, Brian Bohannon on ITN. Coach, you spoke after the shorter game saying there's some things you saw on the field that you look forward to being back in practice and seeing this team go out there and try to fix in the past couple of weeks of practice. From what you've seen out of your team, does it look like some of those issues from the shorter game? have started to be fixed, or so to speak, in practice?
5: Yeah, I think we're making progress. Uh, I know we're not there yet, but we're making progress. And, and the word urgency is really the best way I can explain everything we got to do a better job of. we got to have more urgency uh, and attention to detail about, about everything we do. So I think we've made some progress. At the end of the day, you're only as good as, you know, it's like uh, when you got an exam, you study, you work hard, but then the day, you got to go. You got to go do the work on exam day, mm-hmm. you know. So we're 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 prepping for our for our day, and hopefully we can go make a ton of improvement from game one to game two. All right, which was the goal when we left out of game one, and uh, cre- we've tried to create a lot more urgency within the program about everything we do, and uh, and hopefully that'll show up on Saturday.
0: Charleston Southern is a team that we saw back in 2019. The team kind of won going away in the fourth quarter. However, the Bucks after that game seemed to find themselves, finish the 2019 season five and one and watching film of Autry Denson's squad. What's the identity of this program that looked like they tried to establish at the end of 19 and hope to bring the spring?
5: Well, I think it, you know, it, it was coach's first year and he was establishing everything with that program. And you could see at the end of the year, like I said, I think they won their last four games. Um, and so uh, you know, they they kind of started to gel together of what they want to get accomplished. Um, and they got a lot of those guys back uh, from 19, especially on offense, and a good group back on defense. And uh, you know, they like to, you know, they're gonna throw the ball around, but they they they're gonna they're gonna run the ball as well. But they got, you know, like I said, the quarterback, he, he's what makes them go on offense. He he has the ability to make plays with his feet and throwing the ball. Um, they're sound on defense. They got, you know, a couple, a couple defensive ends that are back that have played, their safeties back. I mean, they got some guys that have played. So um listen each and every week is the ultimate challenge you know what i mean to get ready to go play we're playing a conference opponent um, that we have a pretty good history with you know i mean and uh and we got to get ready to go play because i know they're going to be excited and and ready to go as well
0: which one position group matchup whether it's o-line versus d-line receivers dbs on our offense or their defense do you think is most critical in the game today
5: well, I think there'll be a there'll be a lot of things, but I think definitely up front on both sides. When you look at both sides of it, I think I think will have an impact. I mean, trying to contain the quarterback, you wanna get some pressure, you know, but you also want to contain him because he's really good, you know, running around making plays when he's scrambling. Um and then on on, on the offensive line side, I mean, we gotta find a way to to create some holes and to create some movement to get some things going and and, and then we gotta take care of the ball. So I, I think um you know a, a lot of times it boils down to those guys up front and, and i don't know that that would be any different there's a lot of really good matchups they got really good receivers really good backs um, their linebackers are really good players so i mean there's a lot of things that we're going to have to we're going to have to go execute at a high level but i would say uh, up front uh, on both sides would be critical for us
0: coach Bohannon, thank you for your time and best of luck thanks Nolan. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Inside the Nest. We appreciate Brandon Sutton and Brandon Joseph for Brandon's on the ball. Peyton Moore for sitting down with BJ and Jordan Griffith getting you up today on the Big South with our Big South Blitz. We look forward to seeing you or hearing from you this weekend as Kennesaw State again opens up Big South play at home against Charleston Southern with a 1 o'clock kick. As always, you can follow the game in a variety of ways. All of our links are available at ksuowls.com. We're on the TuneIn broadcast once again. Nathan McCreary has the call. For those links, ksuowls.com, or go to the TuneIn app and search Kennesaw State. On the ESPN Plus call, I'll be with Roddy Jones. That link, go on the app, search Kennesaw State. Again, Twitter, ksuowls.com. We'll have those links for you on Saturday. If you're at the game, you want to follow live stats, ksuowls.com is your go-to source to stay up to date with everything Kennesaw State. It's the Owls and the Bucks this Saturday from the bank. Looking forward to seeing you then. Until next time, go Owls.